passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Minnesota Football podcast, hosted by the starting kicker of your Golden Gophers, Matthew Trickett, and me, Tony Liebert. Um, for this week's episode, we're going to recap uh, Minnesota's impressive 62-10 to victory over Western Illinois in Week 2, um, and then, then we'll preview uh, the final non-conference game of the season um, against Colorado. Um, yeah, so I guess right off the bat, impressive 62 to 10 victory um, Saturday uh, against Western Illinois. Um, 679 yards of total offense versus 194 for Western Illinois. Um, some other numbers 8.8 yards per play, uh, 62 points scored was the most by a Gophers football team since 2006 against Temple. Um, and then the two, the 10 points allowed through. Two games of the season is the most since 1999, or at uh, least since 1999. But, uh, yeah, so impressive game. Uh, wh- wh- why do you think everything's clicking for the for the Gophers, for you so much right now? Um, it looks like – I mean, it looks like everything's just going perfect. I mean, we can never say perfect because there's yeah. always stuff to work on. But I think – majority of it is just because everybody wants to do their job and wants to do it to the highest ability for each other on the team. Um, I mean, I can definitely see it on the sideline when we have the young guys going in and the older guys are standing on the sideline, cheering them on, making sure that they're doing everything right. Um, This team really just loves each other. And I hope that you guys can see that as fans. Um, I just think everyone wants to be the best for each other. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like one of the biggest takeaways was uh, Tanner Morgan's big day and uh, yeah. the passing game. Um, I think his 287 yards were the most since 2019 against uh, Wisconsin. Um, so really the most since uh, Kirk Schrock left as offensive coordinator. Um, and like eight different guys had a reception. Um, I guess from your point of view and like around the locker room, when you see a quarterback who's been through really so much in the last 12 to 14 months, personally on the field, off the field, uh, how like, I guess, fulfilling is that as a team to see him have a, a big day and him kind of facilitate as a quarterback should and lead the team to really an impressive victory. Yeah. I mean, 
you guys see it all the time. He's an outstanding person outside of football and he's the exact same person inside of football. Like always in the facility, always working hard, watching film. I mean, from my experience going in and watching film and being around the facility, he's there almost every single time that I'm there, even with class schedules and whatnot. Um, the kid is always there. He is always giving his all to the team, to the fans, to everybody around him. Um, so just him being able to be himself and throw the ball like he can, it was awesome to see. Yeah, I mean, uh, we had him on the uh, podcast, obviously, a few weeks ago. He just seems like everything you'd want um, in a leader at the quarterback position. He just seems like um, he's obviously so mature because he's uh, old at the position, but uh, he just seems like he, he gets it personally and on the field. And I think it's good to see him finally um, – get some success in the, in the stat book that some fans have been looking for. And I think uh, it, it's just good to see him do that uh, for the first time since 2019 against Wisconsin, like we said. Yeah, um, without a doubt. And he is somebody that will always do his job regardless if it means he has two passing yards or 300 passing yards. Like He's going to do his job. He's going to help the team win, and he always puts that first. But, you know, selfishly – for me, I liked seeing him have a great day. It was, it was, it made me happy to see him have such a great performance. Yeah, I would imagine. Um, so after that, obviously, uh, Mo Ibrahim and Trey Potts are continuing to uh, really impress in the backfield. Um, they both had another two great days. Uh, Mo had twenty three carries for one thirty and two, and Trey had uh, ten carries for seventy nine and two. Um, I, I, um, from a fan and a media perspective, I, I find it interesting because I think there's a realistic chance that both of them are going to get over a thousand yards on the season. Something that's very hard for a running back duo to do. Uh, most yes. Gophers fans obviously remember Marion Barber and Lawrence Maroney doing that, uh, in back-to-back -back years, um, in the early two thousands. Uh, but I guess from your point of view, um, on the sideline and within the team, but why do you think they're clicking so well together? It just seems like they're operating almost as one, even though they are two different players and uh, they have two different skill sets. But it just seems like they're almost just like one big running back uh, through two games so far. Yeah, I think it goes back to just the selfish selflessness of the team. Um, it doesn't matter who's in there. Um everyone knows their job and they want to perform at a high level and the offensive line has been doing their job very well. And those two guys, Trey and Mo are very special talents and they're able to break tackles downfield. And I mean, it's, it's fun to see them go into the line of scrimmage. You lose them for a quick second and then they're bursting out for a 10, 15 yard game. Like you can't ask much more out of your running backs and, those two are just two-headed dragon. It's it's fantastic that we have them. And then behind them, as we saw, we had Bryce with some big runs, and then Preston got in there for a huge run, touchdown. Um, I mean, the running back room has depth. It, it always has, and I think under Kenny Burns it always will. And 
you just have Trey and Mo that are the stars of the show because they can do so much by themselves, but really a lot of credit to the offensive line for being able to move people around and make our backs look amazing. Yeah, uh, like you mentioned, I think uh, Coach Burns is one of the more underrated position coaches really in college football for the track record he's had the past few years, really, with whoever's in the backfield getting carries. It's just been impressive for the Gophers. And like you mentioned, the offensive line, um, they obviously had to replace a couple starters up there this year. Um, And it just seems like everyone's meshing and everyone's just on the offense and on the team as a whole. It just seems like – uh, it seems like everyone's a leader almost. Like some teams you can point out, you'll be like, oh, that guy's the leader of the defense, that guy's the leader of the offense. But it just seems like everyone, like you said, is just, just knows their role and they've just been executing so far. Yep. I mean, this too is kind of the ideal start to the season. Um, we have two teams in the beginning that, you know, aren't quite at the same uh playing field as us and we knew that coming in and we knew we had to dominate these teams and really just stick to our own game plan and execute the best that we can because you're not going to rely on the team across from you to dictate the pace of the game or anything like that so we knew coming into these first two games we had to dominate we had to do our job and just focus on ourselves we're going to keep that same mentality every week But being able to do that two weeks in a row shows a lot about the coaching staff and the players that we have this year and how focused we really are. Um, So that's something that I really love. Really love to see that out of our team. Yeah. uh, Back to, I guess, Mo and Trey. Uh, Was there a point – because they're obviously – they were both coming off pretty serious injuries last season. Yeah. Uh, Was there a point, I guess, in the the spring practice or in the fall practice um, where where you just kind of – you knew that they were, like, all the way back? Or even just in practice as a whole, did you kind of see that they were going to be kind of themselves from years in the past? You're like – uh, the injury's not bothering them, and, like, they're going to be one of the best duos in the country? Um, I mean, there's always glimpses of it, but I don't think anybody truly knew what we were going to have with them. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a new year, and you can't count on anything uh, in the past. They have to continue to prove themselves, and they have up to this point, and I know for sure our offense is definitely going to be relying on them in the games to come. Um, but we never truly knew. We always want them to be back and need them to be back, honestly. But they make the decision every single day to be who they are and to strain that extra 10% so we can get everything out of them. Um, but they're just amazing people. So it pays yeah. off. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, just uh, by the numbers a little bit for the fans listening, uh, Mo is now just under 1,300 yards behind uh, Daryl Thompson's um, program record for rushing yard total. Um, so he would need to average about 114 yards per per game um, if you include the 11 left on the schedule or the 10 left on the schedule plus the bowl game. Um, and he's now only three touchdowns behind Thompson's program record of 40. Um, and then, like I mentioned, Potts and uh, Mo are 
realistically have a chance to get over a thousand yards and uh, Trey Potts would have to average around 85 per game the rest of the year uh, with those 11 games. So it's definitely going to be interesting to watch that the rest of the year. Um, and th then the other uh, big performer on offense was probably uh, Chris Ottman Bell. He had a hundred yards for the first time since uh, against Iowa last season. Um, fifth time of his career going over hundred yards. Um, it, just another one of those guys on offense. It just seemed like if you had to predict almost a, a ideal day offensively uh, with the running game, with the passing game, with the offensive line, the tight ends, it kind of just seemed like everything was clicking. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like I said earlier with Tanner, he just wants to do his job and help our, our team win. So I know for the fans and for the media, it's fantastic to have record breakers on your team. Um, it really is able to promote our team a lot better. Uh, but I know in Trey and Mo's head, they are, they're not thinking about that. I know yeah. they've probably seen it on Twitter or wherever it may be, but that's, Truly the special thing about this team is they're not thinking about that. The offensive line's not thinking about that. The coaches aren't thinking about that. It's a byproduct of the work that we're putting in every day. If it happens, fantastic. We've done our job well. But if not, and we just win all of our games, nobody's going to be disappointed. They're, they might look back and say, oh, that would have been cool to have, but I mean, going 12-0, and 0, nobody's going to be upset. Yeah, <laughs> I hope the fans aren't upset either, you know. Yeah, winning solves uh, any any issues, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, special teams obviously had another big day. Um, you were three or now three for three on field goals, 13 for 13 on extra points for the year. Um, and um, I guess Mark Crawford only punted for the second time all year, and obviously – that's a positive for the team. Um, but I guess from my point of view and your point of view, because you're uh, obviously close with him and you're always uh, talking on the sidelines because he's the holder on field goals as well. Uh, does he kind of, I get, what, is it boring for him to only punt once a game or kind of how does that work from <laughs> someone that wouldn't know? I mean, I would assume, yeah, it could be boring, especially when both punts are last four minutes in the fourth quarter because yeah. uh, we get out there early, you know, two hours before the game time and start warming up. So if you look at an 11 o'clock game or 11 o'clock kickoff, we're out there at 9 a.m. starting to warm up, starting to kick. And you look at the end of the game right around 2.30, that's when he takes his first kick in the game. <laughs> From 9 a.m. to 2.30, that's – what, five and a half hours? Yeah. So he has to stay ready uh, to perform at his best for five and a half hours for one kick. Like, it's it's asking a lot out of your body. And uh, mentally, I'm sure it can get very boring. But, I mean, he's a professional. And he's, he's really a great leader. So he will keep me locked in during the games every single time he's out there holding. You know, we do – our little handshake and whatnot to kind of mentally get prepared. And we just have to treat every rep as its own rep. And I mean, 
that's been a huge emphasis for me this off season. And even during the season, I, uh, I missed two extra points last year and that's extremely unlike me. So I took the mindset of make every extra point like it's a 50 yard field goal. So every single one I'm aiming straight down the middle, great height, great power, and really just trying to take each rep and make it my best rep. If, you know, I miss a field goal during the game, I'm going to make the extra point like I would have made that field goal. So he's taking the same exact approach and it doesn't matter the situation or how late in the game he's going out there to perform his best. And I mean, he had a great sky punt in the first game and another great punt in this next one. And those are timing wise, two very difficult things to do. Um, but I mean, on the sideline, he's keeping me and Brady and Dragon locked in, make sure we do our jobs well on top of him, you know, hitting some balls into the net to stay warm, but I mean, a lot of it's mental, and I think that's something that he's really dominating so far this year, and we hope to continue. Yeah, because that, that's uh, one of those things where uh, you're, you go into the game preparing to obviously punt more than once, but the less yeah. that he's punting means the better the team's doing, and uh, yeah. the less field goals you have to kick and the more extra points means the better that the team's doing. So that's always a yeah. – an interesting aspect for the specialist, uh, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. And we know that. We want our offense to score as many points as possible. I mean, I in front of the whole team and before the season, I'm like, hey, if I only kick extra points this year, fine by me. Like, <laughs> let's score some points. Let's run up the score. Let's win some games. Like, that's fantastic. And I know Crawford is in the same boat. If he doesn't have to punt at all, fantastic yeah makes our jobs a lot easier and means our team's doing well so yeah uh i i kind of feel like the last real uh storyline from the offense was kind of all the young players getting some run um at the end of the game uh like you mentioned uh preston jellen had a big touchdown run and uh ethan callie McManus and cole kramer both got run at quarterback uh i know preston jellen's kind of been through a lot in the last uh few years he uh, obviously earned a scholarship uh, a few seasons ago, and uh, he, he was out all of last year for injury. Um, I know Chris Amabel mentioned um, in the post-game press conference kind of how cool it was to see him get some run. Um, I guess on the sideline and really the team, uh, how exciting is it to see guys like that that you, you see working in practice but us fans might not see in the game finally get some recognition and uh, some play time? Yeah, I mean, Preston is awesome. He's one of those guys that, you know, is in that running back room with extreme amounts of talent. So he's sometimes overshadowed and you don't see him as much. But, I mean, he's great special teams player, always out there on special teams. And when he got the ball in his hands and, you know, we're all watching from the sideline and that one defender coming uh, – across his face with about five yards left to the end zone. Everybody knew he was not going to go out of bounds with that. He was going to run straight through that guy's chest. And that's exactly what he did. And that's just kind of who he is. You know, he's had a torn ACL and 
I mean, since then, a lot of uh, complications with his knee, but he's always in the training room getting better, and he's not doing it so that he can have runs like that. He's doing it so, you know, he can help us win games because while he may get a few reps at running back here and there, he's a huge guy for us on special teams. And if that's what he's called to do, and if that's what his job requires, then he's going to do that to the best of his ability. And I mean, that's all we can ask from him. And he's an awesome guy for it. So for him to finally get a little bit of his own glory is exactly what we want. Yeah. Oh, I would imagine it. I, I even remember in high school when you're obviously, like we mentioned, the less that you and Mark are kicking, the better the team's doing. And the more that uh, the second and third guys on the depth chart are playing means the better the team's doing. So it's always great to see that. And uh, Ethan Kalliak-Manis was another guy who got some run. I know um, on Twitter, uh, Coney Durr, cornerback on the team last year, mentioned um, that there was a practice last year that he was uh, torching everyone out there, torching the defense. And that was when he kind of knew he was going to be something special at the quarterback position. And I think uh, Jordan Howden in the postgame press conference was asked the same question. Uh, I, how have you kind of see, seen him grow as a person and in practice uh, around the team as the number two or three quarterback? Yeah, I've been coming in as quarterback freshman. Um, there's so much demanded out of you, but you have such little time to work everything out. Um, and I think that's really where Tanner came in big with sitting him down, watching film with him, really teaching him everything that Tanner's learned throughout his six years here. And the next step really is just gaining that confidence for himself. And I mean, you can see it. The kid has talent. Ethan is very good. He has the arms and everything you can ask for physically. So now we're just kind of getting him in, getting him some experience and showing him what it's like to be the quarterback out there on Saturdays. You know, you can prepare as much as you want, but until you're in that position, you're not going to know what it's like. So really being able to put in Ethan and Cole in the third, fourth quarter early on, you're able to get more of a game type experience rather than putting them, you know, in downtime in the fourth quarter. So I think that those reps were really huge for his development. And now it's just, I mean, we're still hundred percent with Tanner, yeah. but you know, having the team have a lot of confidence in our second, third string quarterback is fantastic because if something, God for say, happens to Tanner, we all are not going to miss a beat with the other two. So, yeah. Uh, I, from my point of view, I feel like that's a huge strength on this team in general is just the depth at every position. Oh, yeah. And especially yeah. a game like uh, this last week where uh, you're able to see how talented the entire team is top to bottom uh that can only be i guess fulfilling as a team that you know uh if any if anyone does go down to injury there's always a guy behind them that's more than capable of filling that role yes yes and yeah like you said i mean there's talent everywhere 
Uh, and these early games, getting guys experience is not only huge for this year, but years to come. So, I mean, I think that we're going about it the right way and we just need to keep executing so we can have opportunities like that. Yeah. Uh, we've only been, I guess, talking on the offensive side of the ball, but uh, it was another obviously great day on defense, um, a near shutout, uh, yep. except for a, a fluke field goal, kind of in a late touchdown. But uh, it really seems like we've kind of been talking about that all you guys know your role on the team and your uh, there's no big personalities on this team, at least from my point of view, that are uh kind of saying like oh i need uh i need my playing time i need uh these catches i need that and i feel like on the defense especially it really looks like there's 11 leaders on the field at the same time and they're all working together so well um from your point of view is that kind of something you saw uh in fall camp and spring camp that uh this defense really is i feel like a very special unit that has so much talent top to bottom that can go almost uh, too deep at every single position and play with the best teams in the big 10. Um, what, how, what do you think I guess working so well with that unit? I think a lot of it is, you know, guys coming back from injury last year, we had a lot of guys that could have been great players for us on that team last year, but sadly had some sort of injury, something holding them back. But now getting a lot of those guys back um, is huge because we have a bunch of different personnels on defense and guys are constantly subbing in and out. And everybody's just able to click so much better because of the amount of depth that we have. Um, and like you said, there are 11 leaders on the team. Everyone has some sort of experience and Everyone's out there giving it their all. Yeah. Uh, so overall, I would assume the vibe in the locker room was a lot of the same this week compared to uh, last week's win over New Mexico State. Um, how, how do you guys kind of uh, blow those two games out of the window? And uh, I know Coach Fleck always talks about the one-week season and going 1-0 and in that week. And uh, kind of, I guess, how do you keep that going um, and not get complacent with two wins over teams that you were supposed to beat and kind of yeah. get that focus to Colorado in the rest of the season. Yeah, that's, that's a very difficult thing um, to do with a team because once you're rolling, um, once you're blowing teams out week in and week out, you kind of start to ease up a little bit, but that's the complete opposite way of, you know, the row the boat culture. So we have that as a solid foundation and we're always going to be turning back to that to get back on track. And as coach Flex says, the standards, the standard, and it's not going to dip for any team. And we have to remind ourselves of that. And if we're ever struggling in that area or the team feels like we can relax here or there, we just turn back to our culture. So I think that's, I mean, that was one of the reasons I came here and I love it about this team that we're able to do that. So that's a huge point of emphasis as we continue forward. I think uh, that I think the standard is the standard is probably my favorite kind of like coach uh, speak thing in football because yeah. uh, it really makes no sense. But then if 
you question it, they're like, oh, what is the standard? And then you just say the standard. The standard is yep. the standard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, uh, now you're obviously looking towards uh, Colorado this week. Final non-conference game of the year. Um, 2.30 kickoff, uh, first Power 5 opponent of the year. Um, two former coaches coming back to the Gophers, uh, Mike Sanford Jr. and Clay Patterson, were both on the staff last year. Um, and uh, you guys have experience playing Colorado um, in Boulder last year. You had a, uh, had a big performance. I think that was a shutout win. Um, yeah. And, yeah, Colorado's 0-2 on the season. Um, they opened with losses to – Two pretty good TCU and Air Force teams. Um, kind of, I guess. Uh, what's your, what's the team's focus coming into this week, and uh, how do they prepare for a team like Colorado uh, compared to Western Illinois and New Mexico State? Well, the preparation doesn't change at all. Um, you know, we're still out there trying to execute our own game plan, us versus us mentality. Um, but we are reminded that it is another power five team. You know, they have talent. It's not like they're just getting guys off the street. Like they go out and recruit just as well as we go out and recruit. So they have the guys there and physically those guys are going to match up a little bit better than the first two opponents. So we just have to be a lot more detailed in our execution, but I mean, the preparation doesn't change. We're still going to go out there and uh, execute our game plan the way we know how and the way we practice. But, yeah, it is it is back to big Power 5 football. And after that, it's going to be all conference games. And the Big Ten is not an easy conference to win in. So we're going to just keep our foot on the gas and hit it in stride. Yeah, I feel like overall um... – once you get into uh, the Big Ten Conference, I, from uh, as a college football fan, I feel like the conference as a whole is really deep, top to bottom this year. Um, yeah. that, like uh, a Nebraska team that might be struggling a lot this year, who might be at the bottom of the conference, they still have some of the the uh, most talent really in the conference, and top to bottom on their roster and. Yeah. Uh, like even teams like Northwestern and Rutgers and Indiana, I I feel like it really goes. There's 14 really good football teams in the conference this year, so it's gonna be gonna be interesting to see how it shakes out as a whole for sure. It will. I was looking over the weekend, you know, all these crazy upsets that were going on, and you look at all the teams that are right there, and you have a Big Ten East that is completely undefeated, and then you have a big 10 West that has seen a lot of crazy games so far. Yeah. And it's really hard to judge and rank these teams after two weeks, but I mean, that's what sells and that's what people like to see. So that's what the people get. But as a football team, you have to be reminded that yes, they might be, you know, one and two Nebraska, but looking at their team, looking at what they have, you can't take them lightly at yeah. all. So, yeah, once once that Big Ten play starts, you never know what's going to happen, how things are going to end up. But, you know, one week at a time helps, helps you regain focus. But, yeah, you can't sleep on anybody. 
Yeah, I think the Nebraska team's a great thing. They're a great uh, thing to look at because they're they're obviously fired Scott Frost and they're going to have a new head coach. But that yeah. team, I think, is talented enough to really play with uh, pretty close to any team in the Big Ten. So I think that kind of just shows how deep the conference is top to bottom. But uh, another big uh, football thing this week was obviously the start of NFL week one. Um I, I know uh, you're from uh, Cleveland uh, in Ohio. Are you a big uh, Browns fan, big NFL fan? Uh, <laughs> big NFL fan, but not for the Browns. Uh, I'm a Steelers fan, which is a huge contradiction. But, <laughs> you know, I had one of my uncles growing up. He was a huge Steelers fan, and he was able to get me to watch all the Steelers games growing up. And, I became a Steelers fan based off of his love for the team. And so I was happy to see my Steelers take down the Bengals week one in overtime. But, you know, everybody, everybody in Cleveland wanted uh, the Browns to really take revenge or yeah. get back at Baker Mayfield for saying all that he had. So it was awesome to see the Browns win as well. Yeah, that uh, the Steelers Bengals game had to be a little crazy for you. There were a lot of missed kicks in that game. <laughs> Yeah, sadly, I wasn't able to see any of the overtime, uh, but I was watching the rest of the game, and it was crazy the way it ended up. Steelers up six with four seconds to go, Bengals at the three, four-yard line, and they score the touchdown, and, you know, knowing Evan McPherson and his reputation, you're like, okay, game's over. He's going to hit this extra point through, and then the announcers – say something about how their long snapper got hurt and it's their emergency long snapper tight end snapping and you see like it wasn't a bad snap at all yeah it was just a little bit slower than what it typically would be and that allowed Minka Fitzpatrick to get through and block the kick send it to overtime which is very telling because you know long snappers are never in the picture no one ever knows no. their name um it's only when they screw up that you know their name so seeing somebody else having to be thrown in there for that is funny for me because i know the importance of a long snapper but it kind of shows everybody else how important a long snapper can be yeah uh, so yeah a lot of special teams craziness week one yeah it really was uh uh, Cade York for the Browns, massive, uh, almost six yeah. yards kick. Uh, he actually, my uh, friend from high school was the kicker on my high school team. Is good friends with him, and they uh, train together. So, uh, yeah. it definitely had to be uh interesting week week one for your point of view. A lot of uh, special teams, uh, interesting things that happened. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's all we got for uh this week's episode. Um, on to Colorado in week three. Um, as, uh, you can expect another episode uh, next next Monday, uh, recapping the Colorado game. And, yeah, as always, row the boat, Skyman, go Gophers. Go Gophers.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.